Hello and welcome everybody back to Warcraft Podcast time. A little later, once again, I uh, record this on Friday night. It is past midnight now. And I thought, okay, within the peace and calmness of the night, I'm going to report podcast number 36. Last time I talked about the future uh, of Warcraft 3. And since then, as always, a couple of things happened. Because we are not allowed to have a calm time. Not even a week before Christmas. No, no. It's Christmas in exactly one week, everybody. So, last time we talked, I said... It is... <laughs> we have a relatively stable situation with the four player cups, right? Because that is the foundation of every esports and gives... Stability. And stability is the foundation to almost everything, right? Uh, you can, of course, try to establish something on shaky ground, but then comes the big bad wolf and there's a little bit of wind and boom, your house falls together like it's made out of cards or cardboard or whatever. So, just a... When was that, actually? I think a day. A day after I recorded the last episode, we got some news. And this is kind of separate into two parts. Um, one is my personal feelings about this news. And the second part is the what, what this means to Warcraft kind of news. Because read more DE is going down. At the end of the year, last day of December will be the last day of readmore.de. And to many of you who are not from Germany or the German-speaking part of Europe, you might not find this interesting. But I can tell you, and here is uh, the personal personal part of this story, readmore.de was the first scene page that I was on. And it has its ups and downs, and I'm going to spoil a bit while this is uh, why this is important because readmore.de is owned by four players. Four players was one of the biggest German gaming ma online magazines, one of the first ones, one of the most uh, important ones, I guess. So, in the past couple of years. And I think this goes for every single German outlet there is. Things are shifting from big German speaking things, whether it be streaming or magazines or news portals or any content whatsoever, especially in esports and gaming, towards international editorials let's say because obviously these international editorials have a way bigger budget than the german-speaking one and they can come up with the breaking news they can do these investigative researches they are the ones that publishers choose to to get the exclusive reports right and so a lot of these magazines went down from the early uh, early days of of the internet that happens to to so many that can't adapt 
to Web 2.0, I think, at first. And now, four players wasn't really meant anymore. Um, obviously, also, the international pages are way bigger. They they attract a lot more editors. And a lot, with a manpower alone, you can do a lot more stuff. And if you can't catch up with the international news pages, your page is deemed as outdated. And then if you if you're able to read English or con consume English content, then why shouldn't you go to these international news outlets? And then the German or the foreign language boards, they lose their appeal. They lose their, like, why should you click them if it's just outdated news, outdated results, whatever. Pretty much only the community, but you can also find communities on, let's say, Reddit. And Reddit is a big part of why creating news and magazines is so hard because the news are all there on the Reddit, usually. On, like, <laughs> maybe not for Warcraft, but, you know, if something happens in the League of Legends or Dota Cosmos, you can be sure you find the news on the League of Legends or Dota subreddit or CSGO or whatever. You don't have to go to a multi game page to see it all so that led to the demise of many 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 of those pages and communities and now it hit read more uh, as i said four players wasn't doing great the magazine was discontinued earlier this year and i think they tried to change a lot and become this uh, tournament cup organizer thing that we've been blessed with for, I don't know, over a year. We had Silver Cup 60 and Gold Cup 50. So yeah, over a year. And you could pretty much see that from first it was called Skill, then it was called Four Player Cups. It never really took off. There was no development really. And it led nowhere. So Four Players is not only discontinuing their own magazine, they're also discontinuing Read More, which I think never had any paid staff anymore. It was just volunteers that added games to the ticker and wrote some news. And from a business perspective, it's obviously understandable why Read More D is discontinued. Uh, not the greatest clicks, no advertisement on that page, there's just no revenue. So... To all you foreigners out there, what's ReadMoreDE? ReadMoreDE was my entry into esports, and I think this goes for many, many, many people in the German, Austrian, Swiss esports cosmos. In the very early days, there was MyMTW, the homepage of the clan MTW, and that was not only a cool news page with a ticker, there was also the biggest community because it has a board or had had a board in the 2000s. Everybody had a board. Boards were the Reddit, boards, boards were the discords. Everybody was on, was on board, basically. No pun intended. And yes, of course, you joined the page for all the results and the news. And back in the day, they had a lot of paid e editors, so you got the latest news, you got interviews, especially from the German ESL EPS uh, scene. 
And so you hung around. And automatically, you find yourself discussing news and discussing results. And you learn, or you, you get to know the people that are on that page as well. So, Readmore was my third entry, I guess, into gaming and esports. First one was Giga. Giga was a TV show in national German television. And they did community service so well back in the day. It didn't really matter what was the programming. It was more about what's the news on the homepage. Will they read my comment on live TV? And that encouraged so many people to participate in that community that it really took off. And it was the thing to watch for us nerd teenagers. So since it was so popular, it was basically a show with five to six segments. There was a hardware segment. There was an what's happening on the internet segment. Uh, there was a software segment. And then, of course, there was a gaming segment. And that gaming segment got so popular that it got its own show at the end of the day. Like, throughout the day, it was like five hours of all this mixed stuff. And at the end of the day, it was two hours of pure gaming. And at some point... They introduced an esports segment um, led by uh, people that now funded Rocket Beans, Etienne Gade and uh, Budi. And the one of the very first guests there was Take of Take TV. He was leading uh, the Warcraft commentary there because Warcraft was one of the big featured games in the esports sector as they were closely working together with ESL for EPS, basically the German Championship. So that's how I got to know esports. This is where I watched my first Warcraft game, which was a uh, spell playing EPS. I don't know against whom, but with Pally first tanks on two rivers. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? Nowadays standards, super boring game, but I knew Warcraft from the campaign and I loved it. I loved the campaign, but I never, since I had no access to the internet back in the day, uh, because my mom thought it would have bad influence, <laughs> lol. I was basically reliant on what was up on Giga Esports and then I saw, hey, they play competitive and they play this so differently from, from what I've been seeing in the campaign. And then I just got hooked. And it was fun, but it was very apparent that the commentary wasn't, like, the best. It was very casual. It was very, very fun. But it wasn't, there was no expertise. It was no real, it was no real commentary. It was just two dudes casting over a game that they don't know too well. So then, introducing GameSports.de. Uh, GameSports opened up a whole world for me, which was not a TV station, but internet radio. And internet radio was the shit in the 2000s. Because, of course, you could turn on your radio at home, right? And I don't know how that is in other parts of the world, but you have a very limited uh, amount of stations here in Germany, and they most of them, if they are not... Like some of them are kind of niche and, and run by amateurs, but the big ones are all super boring. They all play pop and I wasn't really too interested in that. And it was filled with ads and it was just annoying. 
So I discovered internet radio where you could pick what you want to listen to. What the hell? There's a, there's thousands of rock music radios. There's thousands of rap radios. And then there was game sports. And game sports was basically doing esports every day. And especially Warcraft every day. Since they were casting WC3 of the team league of ESL. And I learned that via Kaldor who is now a very famous uh, former StarCraft into Heroes of the Storm cast. And I was hooked because it was so energetic. And so I spent every day on GameSports to listen to these audio casts. They also had audio commentary, which you could download, but it was always more appealing to watch it live uh, because it was also like they could play their own music. It was very rock heavy, which I liked a lot. Uh, as a community aspect to the thing, you had two choices. You go to the homepage where they covered every clan war they were casting with a little preview, with live ticker. So even if you aren't able to listen at the moment, you could still follow the results. And the comment section. And the comment section was great. You could do little predictions uh, with all the other guys on the homepage, right? Um... They had, they had also, like, music-themed shows, of course. So you got to learn all the other members that are listening to, like, Counter-Strike broadcasts or whatever. So this game sports community was pretty damn great. Of course, they had the board as well. But most important was IRC. We were all hanging in IRC. Every caster had its own IRC, the one of Slash, uh, the, the returning German caster was one of the greatest and when a certain song was playing on stream you were spamming like you'd spam on twitch chat now in irc it was just the early days of internet broadcasting especially in esports and everything felt so fresh and everything felt so diy and we do this now and i'm i'm, I'm just a pleb still going to school but i can i can use winamp and my plugin and i broadcast to the world and wow was that amazing and i was so intrigued by this that I spent every day there. Um, two to three clan wars per day. I was there. Every caster, I was there. So that was game sports. And this was where I really got into Warcraft. Uh, learned the, who's playing for what clan. What clan is really good. What's happening outside of WC3L. Because they had a new section as well. And I was following everything about Warcraft there. Plus, of course, IRC. And then at some point, they stopped covering like live tickering the tournaments because the shortage of staff or not enough volunteers or whatever but i knew because it was plugged pretty much everywhere that there is a german page that still tickers all the results and that's readmore.de so here i am probably 15 years old 2004 2005 so I gotta I gotta say I'm not super old school. I missed the MyMTW days uh, because I was spending that time on GameSports.de. But then I, I was at Readmore and Readmore a opened up the whole world of esports to me with Counter Strike, with Quake, uh, with tournaments outside ESL. Of course, I knew about World Cyber Games, but at ESWC, but I didn't know about mm, PGL or 
whatever, Akon, stuff like that. So all of a sudden, because there was a little war in Germany between MyMTW and ReadMore.de, they invested a lot to get uh, the, 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 the leading force or to become the leading force of esports journalism in Germany, ReadMore and MyMTW. So they paid their editors, they sent them to events, you got interviews, they got a picture gallery because they sent their photographer to these events. And it was just great back in the day when not too much was happening on live or video streams. A live video stream was so rare back in the day. So if you could get a pictures of an event that was like mind-blowing, all of a sudden you knew how a sky looks like. Uh, that moon is a real person and not just this um, miraculous person that you see in the game. There's an actual like human behind, right? It gave it gave this human touch to everything. And then, like this was early two thousands internet, right? So people were fucking rude. There was no filters, there was no limits. He who has the edgiest humor was the king of the page. And it was just brutal, man. You always had to be afraid. Like, if a picture of you somehow ends up on these boards or in a picture gallery because you were part of the event, you had to be so, so afraid of getting flamed by, like, thousands of, of people. But, you know, it was a little rough around the edges back then. It wasn't this, uh, we take care of everybody and have a tolerance. Hells no, it was survival of the fittest back then. Not saying that it's great, but we didn't know better. And it was just the climate there. And, you know, as a 16, 17-year-old, you love that edgy humor. And you were with so many like-minded people that you never had in especially where I came from, from this little rural area in northern Germany. So, Readmore very early on became my home of the internet. And I got along real well with a lot of people. I know that because of that rude attitude and because of that flaming culture, a lot of people hated the Readmore community because they were so rude and had no filter. But I always got along. I wasn't too active in posting, but I was just consuming like crazy. So, at some point, a little later, a couple of years later, um, I started casting myself. And I wasn't this forum god that everybody knew. It was just a little lurker, a hundred comments or something. And readmore.de was very, very appreciative of my cast. Of my very, very first one. And that felt really good because I got praise from a page where so many people get criticized for the tiniest little things. And that gave me momentum for my early weeks and months in esports. That was read more. And I was always very open to them. Like, if you guys have feedback, let me know. I'm listening everything. Uh, uh, to everything. I'm one of you guys. I want to make the show as good as possible for you guys. And man, they helped me out a lot and they helped me grow as a caster and of course helped also to distribute our casts because very early on also 
I got in touch with all the editors there. Hey, can you link my, my stream on that ticker thing? Yes, of course, because everybody was looking at the results there. So having that link on Readmore was very important. And that went on for a couple of years. And Readmore always, 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 always featured Warcraft heavily. It was their centerpiece. Even in the darkest days, in the post-2010s, and even in the dark, dark, dark days, like 2013 or 14, uh, people like Abstract still wrote news and still covered everything. That was when I was dipping a little outside of esports. I still found myself visiting Readmore, checking what's up, what are the latest tournaments and stuff. So I never really left the space of Readmore because also before we move into probably the most important thing that Readmore ever did to me uh, was they, of course, we're talking a lot about esports, but they also had a big off-topic part of the board. So that is where you could get help if you wanted a new PC. People helped you out and got the perfect recommendations for you. If you wanted a new TV, people were looking for uh, where can you get the biggest discount and were helping you out with that. Or if you had special needs when it came to audio or headphones. People always knew it was a hive mind, a German esports hive mind for everything gaming, hardware, media related. But also politics, sports, basically everything. And I always had my own opinion. And I was, of course, I... I listen to a lot and read a lot, but I was rarely confronted with people outside of my bubble because everywhere, even in school and stuff, I never had these big arguments. It was all more or less stream... No, I don't want to say streamline that comes across wrong, but of course we were, we were fighting Nazis and stuff with our left bubble. Uh... But that was the majority for, like, thankfully. So there wasn't big battles everywhere. Uh, but on Readmore, I got confronted with a different view to the world from not northern Germany, but everywhere in Germany. And maybe not the progressive left view on things, but the conservative more right view on things. Or is left or right even the right thing to describe this, etc, etc. And some things there were beyond stupid. <laughs> but still, you have to deal with these as well, right? And that, that helps you learn as well to filter stuff. They were also, you know, uh, if I describe the late 2000s, early 2010s, it's probably the troll phase that got real big because troll culture was so big in the internet and also on, on Readmore, there were so many funny moments and when you were live there, when these moments happened, like uh, an online radio station uh, got basically hijacked uh, once or 500 people we're watching a bird on a live stream or just weird stuff like that. What was so much funny, oftentimes degenerated stuff happening there that I felt really a part of something and Ritmo was always very cool. And then 
2014, they were reporting that uh, there would be the last SOTEC Cup, and we all knew that ESL had long stopped Warcraft 3. And that's when I was a little out of esports and wasn't casting anymore for like a year, I think. Did a couple of replay casts, maybe. But anyway, they they reported that that would be the last SOTEC Cup, and then there was basically nothing left, right? Like, WCG was gone, ESL was gone, and Zotec Cup was the last big thing that held everything together and gave at least content once a week for the Warcraft fans. They were still very popular, they were still playing, like, people from all over the world were playing in these Zotec Cups. So it was like episode 214 or something. Must be February. What's the correct number? Oh, 322. Damn. 322 on January 25th. Uh, funny enough, Lawlight won this. But we came together once again. All the old casters from ESL Radio. And it was meant to be a last hurrah. Uh, Remo was involved. Philly, Templar, Jube, uh, Milne. Tsui, Loki, so many, so many people. Uh, Fishy was there as well. And then we had this last cup thingy, but it was so popular and people loved it so much and we loved it so much that we started to cast this list of the best 100 games of all time that was done on replays.net. And we did that. And we did this regularly. And we had some experiments on... Ooh, what was it called? On 3D and on Livestream and some other platforms, but we weren't like an established channel on Twitch. I, I think we had a channel. Yeah, I think we had that channel already due to my replay casts and some cup coverage here and there. But anyway, um, we said we're going to do this and Readmore put us on the front page with like a. They always had the news in. The news. The normal news headlines were blue, and the very important news headlines were orange. And they put us there at the very, very top in orange, like the top 100 games now cast by the former ESL radio crew. And we, because of that, we never had to go that step from zero viewers to a hundred. That, that, that's the hardest, I think. Once you have a hundred viewers, people click on you anyway. But especially the Warcraft directory wasn't too popular. That was before Grubby was streaming again. Before W3 Arena? Was it? Maybe it was beta. Oh, I gotta look this up. Was Zotec Cup played on W3 Arena, the last one? No, G Arena. Yeah, G Arena. See? So there was not even <coughs> W3 Arena back then. 262 players. Imagine. That's so sick. Uh, but anyway, we got that jump and we started off with 200 people watching every week. Sick, right? 
So we got this jump start. And Readmore loved it. And to this day, Readmore and Abstract and a couple of others uh, kept the game in the ticker. Continue to write news, continue to put some little headlines in that it's not really an article, but basically a link. And why is that important? Because this Warcraft scene is a bubble. We are in our very own bubble. We have our subreddit, we have our discords. And from outside, nobody is really reporting about this game, except if there's a scandal or, of course, the Reforge launch was covered by a lot, but there's no... Multiplier, there's 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 no multiplicative factor that brings Warcraft news to people outside the Warcraft world to attract new people to share the news how awesome Warcraft champion is, uh, stuff like that. So there's no Kotaku covering us or whatever, or we don't happen on on slash gaming or something. We don't go viral. Is basically uh, kind of what I want to say. So Readmore was still one of the very, very few places on the entire internet where people who were just interested in esports or maybe even not esports too much, but just gaming or anybody outside the Warcraft bubble could still find information that there's stuff happening in the Warcraft scene. And that will now be gone, even though maybe I rate this too high. Because I have this rich history with 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 Readmore, um, but I think oh we saw this by the way before um, there was they their their homepage got updated a couple of times and back in the day they had a streaming live ticker like who's online like you see on Web three info now on the left hand side, but for all esports, and when that was gone, our viewers took a dump. Because they weren't, or, or, or that, that stream thing wasn't in the face of people. So, this is kind of what happens now again. People who are, who are in general interested in esports or gaming or just have a fond memory of the, of the old days. So you shouldn't underestimate that. Like, people who grew up with it. And then they lose track of the game or the community. But maybe they see a news that something big is happening, like a War 3 Champions final. They might get re-attracted to this. But no more. And I don't know this. This is just speculation on my end. But if four players is discontinuing readmore.de which basically has no cost except running a server and buying the URL, which is not that much. Then can you continue to afford three weekly Warcraft tournaments? It's also not that much money. I mean, it's $50 for gold. It is... Uh, 40 or 30 dollars uh, for silver and what was it for gold uh, for, for bronze also 30 depends always on who signs up and stuff but and, and and how many people sign up but it should be around a 
hundred dollars a month. No more. A week. So let's say five hundred dollars a month. Can you really afford that? I don't know. And let's see. Where are where are the other cups? Wow, tournament schedule on the four-player cup says only Warcraft. What the hell? That's not much. So, yeah, will they continue this? To me, very, very, very questionable. And then, what's left? The Chinese Team League, of course, show matches, and community-driven stuff like W3IL, uh, GNL, and whoever comes up. But I did not calculate this in when I recorded the podcast last week. This is also, like, I think I said this last week, but it's pretty easy to do a weekly cup. You always find someone giving in $100 in our big community, which is freaking great. And we did this before, and it worked kind of well. And then we stopped because there was an alternative, uh, because we had ESL cups or some other cup. Not too sure. But the need for weekly cups wasn't there, so we stopped doing our own. But if we invest time... To come up with weekly cup or multiple cups if we want to continue that uh, four players uh, format with bronze silver gold then that is ours that is manpower that is stuff that can't go into sales into bigger programming and that kind would kind of kneecap us because there's just that's a lot of work setting up the pages, uh, spreading the sign-up links, taking care of the Discord, uh, doing the seeding, filter smurfs, filter banned people, filter... Like, you have to check if you... If you go by ELO, for example, have an ELO cap, you have to check everybody if he's below that ELO. That's a lot of time. So, yeah. That is not great. To be honest. But anyway. Let's see. Maybe I'm just pessimistic here. Maybe they the, the cups will continue in one form or another. But if Readmore goes down on December 31, I will be very, very sad. I owe Readmore a lot. I'm very, very grateful for everything that Readmore ever did to me. For the community that had my back from day one. I had my issues with one or two or three users there. But my account is 16 years old. On that page. October 27. Oh, 15 years. October 27, 2006. Crazy. That is such a long time. 
And then it's gone. <laughs> kind of sad. Um, Ritmo was always brutally honest and you had to be up for it. But man, did I learn a lot there. Uh, did I get my reality checks there? I had a great time. Thank you, read more. Rest in power. Hashtag read more fame. I hope... Uh, I know that people are trying to reopen it with the help of the community. And I really hope they succeed. Uh, I know that... Uh, STHLM, who we went to Yinchuan with, to cover WCA. He's involved and Ra's involved. And those are good people. And I really hope they can do something. Would be fun. I, I would miss a lot without Reap more in my life. <sighs> a little emotional. And that's also the last part of my internet youth. I mean... Giga is technically still there, but it's not this. It's not nearly the same. Uh, Rocket Beans were there to replace Giga, but it's also not the same spirit as back then, and no esports. Um, game sports is gone, or transformed into this monster that is freaks for you, and they are ultimately successful. And uh, they got some community pages with like ninety nine damage, but it's very game specific, which I think is the right approach. In Warcraft, the E is basically gone. This was another community that I was in. IRC is gone. Um, yeah, and now Reaper was, was always that last bastion against the new internet. But unfortunately, not anymore. Farewell, people of Readmore. Thank you for... Definitely more than 15 years because I was lurking there without an account. And yeah. We have to talk a few cool things. And that is the Happy Show matches. And the Warcraft Team League coming from China to your home screens in less than a week. December 23. So we'll talk about that. I'm gonna uh, grab a glass of water and then we continue. You will not even notice this. So, let's talk about what happened, because in the past week a lot of stuff happened. Happy is finally playing on Asian servers, yes! That is something that we've been waiting for for the past two years, since he's not part of Lucky Future anymore, his former clan. Um, that's when he was still playing the Netties tournaments and won the Netties tournaments on Netties, or at least won. We've been missing that. And especially with the Chinese not able to come to DreamHack, we never had the games of Happy vs. the Chinese. So, the very generous people of War 3 Station, shout out Kuke, uh, Queen of Warcraft in China, came up with two show matches. One was against Colorful, that was happening last Saturday, it was a very, very one-sided affair. And it made abundantly clear that no one in Asia is on the level of a happy when it comes to Undead Night Elf and 
that no one in Asia is on Foggy's level when it comes to Undead vs. Night Of. There was such a big gap. It felt like Colorful doesn't understand the matchup. And if I can say that, who has not the knowledge of a Carson, of a Todd, of a, of a Remo, then it's really clear. Like, big mistakes happening, uh, hero focus that couldn't be dodged or wasn't dodged on Natties, where uh, Colorful probably had a 150 MS advantage when it comes to ping. It was just a clean 6-0, and on no map was there a shadow of a doubt that Happy wins this. So this wasn't too interesting. What got really interesting was the second one. The second show match was Happy versus Focus. And it was basically a rematch of DreamHack. And that was very early on a lot closer than the DreamHack series. Because, yeah, uh, it, it was two best of threes. One was played on W3 Champions where Happy had the ping advantage, and the second one was played on Netties, where Focus had the ping advantage. And even on the War 3, the, the, the War 3 Champions one, even though it was a 3-0, and um, Focus was so close to defeating him and always made this one mistake. He had really good game plans, good execution up until a point. And so he lost these W3 Champions games, I don't think because of ping, but positioning, lack of scouting, stuff like that. And in the fights, it was it was kind of cool. Then on Netties, it kind of turned around and Focus got two matches. And this was the start to almost a historic weekend where Happy was... This, this Sunday will probably go down in history as Happy's weakest day ever because he lost four maps. <laughs> um, Unconcealed against Fastier TC and on Autumn Leaves against uh, Trihero. That was so fun. That show match was so much fun. I recommend everybody to watch it. And that was just like this Sunday. Also had the Emperor's Challenge. A very generous uh, member of the Russian community was doing the Emperor Challenge. And Happy lost maps there against Foggy and Hawk. And he could have lost all these series. Maybe it's just because he had to or he has to get up earlier because of these Chinese show matches slash tournaments. And that doesn't really fit his schedule. Or um, he still has to adapt to... Or he, uh, maybe he was overplayed as well. Because at the end of the day he was playing for like 6-7 to seven hours straight or something. But Foggy and Hawk both played so, so well. It was all best of three. This is where Happy is vulnerable. It is known. And man, this Sunday, I rarely had so much fun casting. Because it felt like everything was possible at any given time. Even the game against DICE, the second map at least, felt close. So that was cool. And then the day after, on Monday, a best of seven show match versus Fly. And oh my god, was that a series. We probably have had better solo maps or single maps throughout the year. But as a series, this was one of the great, great series of 2021. And there's not much that comes close. Maybe a couple of Happy vs. Foggy matches, especially this three-hour match at DreamHack Fall comes to mind, where they still had this 
hundred versus hundred supply meta that went three to two. But oh, was that great! It was casting with Remo. We had the fun. We had so much fun, and. Yeah, fly man. Still up there, did his homework, came prepared, and challenged Happy to the ultimate. To the very, very ultimate. And it's just cool to see this dominance at least crumbling. Of course, Happy is still winning in the end. But man, this dominance of 40 days without dropping a map is gone. Um, all these crazy statistics all of a sudden gone. And it's just so much more fun. I, I, as much as I admire dominance from the level of play, from a competitive and entertainment standpoint, it's just so much better when it's even matches. And you know that the opponent has a chance. And this was exactly what happened those, ah, let's say two days, because the game against Colorful doesn't really count. Whew, oh man. And today he lost against Soen in the best of three. Zero two. Boom. That was on Netties. You know. Uh, but still. Cracks in the shield. Maybe he's not as confident as he is when he's winning 40 series in a row. Or 53 series in a row without dropping a map. That could lead to something cool. And as the last topic of the day. We have news about the Chinese Team League. Where Happy, this is of course a lead-in, a professional podcaster, <laughs> this is of course a lead-in. Um, because we got the teams. And I don't know, it's not that uber great, to be honest. I'm not... That happy with it. And I will tell you why. Still, I am incredibly happy about this tournament as a whole. Because this is one of three seasons. And it is a lot of money. It's apparently 500,000 yuan. Which is... Uh, 87,000 USD now? Okay, I thought it's 60,000. But apparently it's even more. Um, so yeah, it's a big team league. It will keep Warcraft in Asia afloat along the lines of uh, the Ted Cups, the TP Cups, etc. So here's the teams. Um, I think I got the team names as well somewhere. Let me look this up real quick. I don't know all of them. So... We got first team, Fly120 Colorful, which is a freaking dream team. It's the WCG champion. It is the dominating player in Asia in 120 of 2021. And it's the WGL champion. Like that team is probably the best that China can come up with at the moment. With active players, of course, in the absence of TH and Infi, who are probably more of a caster show match duo at the moment um this is i think kaizy gaming or chpd but i'm not too sure i think this is kaizy gaming so yeah definitely 
one of the top contenders, but can they beat the team of LHL? Lynn, Happy, Lawlight. Best orc ever, best undead ever, and the runner-up of DreamHack in Lawlight. Like this, this is the team that has to be beaten. And the question is how? I guess Fly120 and Colorful are closest to challenging them. Those two will battle for top two. That's for sure. Everything will be played on Netty, so there is a chance for Happy to drop some series. For Lawlight and Lin, there's always a chance to drop a series here and there. But on a normal day, LHL should be the big favorite. Then we got Vision Strikers with Moon and Lucy. They are assigned by Vision Strikers and they pick up Focus and Remind. Uh, Shades of Mim, right? Moon Focus Lucy. Remind was Remind at Mim. At some point. Yes, he was. So all four players, formerly Meteor Makers. And that is super cool to see. I don't think they will be top tier favorites. I mean, never underestimate Moon and Focus. And Remind seems to be in decent shape. Lucy, yeah, he had a decent dream hack, but usually uh, should be a liability maybe. Maybe you can shine the twos because there will be two and two as well. I would say top four for Moon Focus, Lucy, Remind, and they will be battling for the top four spot with Sock, Chemiko, and Soen. We know this team already from the World Cyber Games Connected Edition where they teamed up as well. Uh, probably not the best when it comes to two and two situations, but man, force to be reckoned with. Sock Chemiko, definitely top 10 of the world. So in on a good day. Has beaten Happy. Can be quite interesting. So that's Team Squid Game. More Western representatives. Uh, Clan Go, if I'm not mistaken. Go Mix is, I think, their team name. Uh, Go is not only the old clan of uh, Focus Shy Space, but also... A big Chinese uh, community team, I guess. And here's Foggy, Hog, Shishi, and Fast. Really weird. I think on even servers, <clears throat> that could be a strong team and aim for the semifinal even. Or for the top four. On Nellies, this is going to be rough. Shishi, Fast, really not on the level. Hawk, how can he deal with the conditions? Questionable. Foggy is their absolute star player. So Shishi is very good in 2-2, two two, so I think, yeah, he has to step it up. Um, but given the fact, I think more of a contestant for rank 5-6, to six, and they will be mostly battling with 15 Swaling, Guagua, Alice, and Shao Kai, which is the second Go team. Go China. This is basically the team that made a top 4 at WCG with Linguagua, Alice, and Shao Kai. Plus 15 Sway in the mix, who, I mean, LP Club is dead, so he has uh, no big team, just like Colorful, not, not playing for his former clan anymore. Good team! Alison Shao Kai, question marks, big question marks. Uh, never underestimate Shao Kai, never underestimate Alice, never underestimate their 2-2. Two and, two. and 15 Sway, their star player for sure. 
And then two other clans who are a little bit odd ones out, they will be facing, like, they will battle each other for 7th and 8th, is uh, WFZ, who is back, nice to see, and he's teaming with the young guns, Ice Orc and Pink, alongside Sini, and uh, Wudao, OC, PCG, Mango, Invane, and uh, Dodo, completing the broadcast, so... It's gonna be nice, it's gonna be cool, but I think the organizer here makes a big mistake in having the players organize themselves. This might work in other esports, where there's big teams that support the players. Of course, if you have a team in like StarCraft, um, you want to sign up your team under the team name, but in Warcraft that's not really the case, except Vision Strikers. So I would have preferred if there's a draft there's eight team captains and there's a draft players like take the elo for example relegate them into tiers or maybe not have team captains that are players but take team ted team infi team th team shaolin um chinese casters then maybe involve us as well team neo you know some StarCraft did this really well with what was it called? Damn it, it slips my mind. Battle Chest League or something. That was super cool. Every famous caster had their teams and was basically that. That would have been way more even because now I can say, okay, um, Fly One to Zero, Colorful Top Two, Happy Lin Lolai Top Two, Moon Focus Lucifer Remind Top Three, Sock Chamiko So in Top Three. Uh, Foggy Hawk, Shishi Fast, and 15th Sway, Lingwagwa, Alice Shaokai, 5 to 6, and the other team 7 to 8. Like, it's a little unfortunate. Um, I mean, I, 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 I'm the happiest guy in the world if there's big upsets and teams find themselves and there's this spirit of friendship that carry them. Just like it was for Lingwagwa, Alice Shaokai, uh, WCG, right? But. What are the odds, guys? And especially for them to conquer Happy Little Lawliot, like, not gonna happen, probably. So that's a little sad. But, hey. Very much uh, looking forward to this. It's gonna be, like, it starts next Wednesday. Round-robin format, seven weeks, and then eight days of playoffs as every team survives the playoff, uh, the, the group stage. And then we'll be seeded into a double elimination tournament. So the top four will get an upper seed and uh, five to eight will be going into the lowest round. Which is a cool format, I think. I like that. So everybody plays at least, at least eight clan wars. It's just a lot of content, which is great for the scene. So it will be... Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with two um, exceptions. That is Chinese New Year, and I think the first week, the second weekend of January, because there's the Gold League in China. But yeah, uh, the annual gold ceremony, which is basically there's this maybe gonna be a show match or something. Probably one to zero was colorful or whatever. But yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. We're almost at around an hour. And that is the podcast. Um, Christmas is coming. And we'll see if I'm doing a podcast next week. I'm trying. I'm 
I'll 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 try my best to do like a recap of the year or something. Um, but we'll see. If not, there's definitely gonna be one after Christmas. In case we don't see hear each other, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, thank you very much for supporting us on Twitch with donations on this Patreon or by buying Corsair gear with the coupon code Back to Warcraft over at the Corsair homepage. Ten percent off. So yeah, a little bit of a delay for this podcast, but hey, we see each other soon. Check out backtowarcraft.com for the full schedule. We have the Ted Cup Finals coming up this weekend. In The lineup is pretty damn awesome, I gotta say. In the playoffs at the moment, we got uh, the likes of Colorful, Remind, Lawlight, 120, Soin, Happy, and two out of 15 sway, Sock, Chemico, and Snow, who qualified. I have no idea who Snow is, but good luck, mate. See you then. Bye-bye.